Please turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3. Hallelujah. We will finish verse 2 today. No promises. <laughs> I will try. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. The Apostle John says, Beloved, now we are children of God. This is a very powerful verse, by the way. It has so much in it. He says, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. In other words, there are things about us that still, we still haven't seen. Amen? And he says here, but we know that when he is revealed, that we shall be like him. In other words, regardless of how badly you're doing down here, there will come a time we will see you for what you really are. <laughs> okay? Now, we're hoping to see that down here. But if, if you don't quite make it to the other side down here, well, we'll see you up there. Amen. Amen. That's good news for you, okay? See, he says, but we, shall, uh, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. There's no question about that. He says, for we shall see him as he is. In other words, when we see him, it'll be that aha moment. You know, we'll go, oh, that's what we're meant to look like. That's what this was all about. Are you, are you all with me? So, you know, what, what I was doing last week was giving you a little bit of an insight into what he is like right now uh, in heaven and in his glorified state. And so we looked at several uh, scriptures, including the book of Revelation, which I will not go through today because okay? <laughs> I want to move on. Is that okay? Because uh, what I want to do today, and it's a little bit of dessert for you today, all right? Uh, what I want to move on uh, and talk about today is... What can a glorified body do? So I want to begin in Philippians chapter 3, because this is the promise uh, in verses 20 and 21. Philippians 3, verse 20. He says, for our citizenship, this is the Apostle Paul writing, he says, for our citizenship is in heaven. Now, we need to get that settled in our heart right now. Our citizenship right now is in heaven. You're not waiting till you die to get there. You are a citizen of heaven right now. That comes with the rights, by the way. Anyway, okay. He says, from which we also eagerly await for the Savior, the, uh, yeah, for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 21, who will transform our lowly mortal body, that's this thing, okay, that it may be conformed to his glorious body. Hallelujah. Do you see that promise there? So there is the promise of a glorified body in our future. Regardless of what it is right, like right now, and you might like your body right now, but it's going to get better. Amen? <laughs> okay? And he says it's going to be a glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. So he, <laughs> I like that part. You know what he's saying? It doesn't matter how bad it looks right now. He's got the power to fix it. Amen, okay, because you might be looking thinking, there's no way, no, no, there's a way, there's a way, okay, that's why he says, according to the working by which he's able even to subdue all things, amen, okay, I like the New Living Translation in Philippians 3.21, it says, he will take these weak mortal bodies of ours and change them into glorious bodies like his own using the same mighty power that he will use to conquer everything everywhere, that's nice. Amen? Hallelujah. Now, what does it mean to have a glorified body? So we have an example, first of all, in John chapter 20. Let's turn there. And verse 17. 
We know, first of all, that a, a glorified body can travel from earth to heaven and heaven to earth. That's incredible. Okay, that's not just distance, but different realms as well. Are you all here? Amen? Because we need to understand, there is a spirit realm. You all know that? You know there are angels around you right now? You know you can't see them. But you know, still know they're there. <laughs> okay? Which means there is another existence along with ours. This body can translate between them. Isn't that tremendous? Just, angels can do that right now. That's why Hebrews says, you know, be careful who you entertain because you might be entertaining an angel. And they will disappear. Guess what? One day you'll be able to do the same thing. We'll see that in just a minute. Okay? Wouldn't that be incredible? You could do that. Hallelujah. Anyway, let's go to John chapter 20, verse 17. Just following his resurrection, just after it, when Mary Magdalene encounters Jesus at the tomb, it says there in verse 17, Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father. Where is his Father? In heaven. He says, But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Notice he says, I am ascending to my Father. Also love that he says, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father. My God and your God. Hallelujah. There's, there's tremendous revelation there, but I don't want to go look at that today. Because we're looking at something else. Okay? So notice he's saying that he is about to travel to heaven. Now, if we just go down two verses. Alright? In John chapter 20 and verse 19... It says, then the same day at evening. So we know what day this is. It's two verses. Okay. All right. <laughs> so after he traveled to heaven, after he ascended, he's now come back. And let's read in verse 19. He says, then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, literally locked, okay, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. They're freaking out. Okay. Suddenly... It says in the New Living Translation, which I really like. I like the suddenlies, all right? He says, suddenly, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, peace be with you. So he has now just gone from earth to heaven, and from heaven he's come back to earth. In one day, that evening, he had a lot of work to do up there, by the way, but obviously it didn't take him that long to do it. Amen? And one day we'll go look at all the work he did up there. But he comes back down. This is what you... Remember, we're looking at his body to understand what we're going to be able to do. There's going to come a time when you're traveling to heaven and back to earth and <laughs> just appearing anywhere isn't going to be a problem. Might be the people you appear to, but for you it's not a problem. Okay? <laughs> All right. And, it's, and let's uh, go to verse 26. John chapter 20 and verse 26. I'm just going to share some scriptures with you. Is that Okay. Because I don't want to give you stories. I want to give you scripture. Because you know this is coming from the word of God. Amen? Verse 26, and after eight days. So we have that first day that he ascends, then comes back the same night. Okay, that same evening. Then eight days later. All right? It says his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Thomas wasn't there the first time around. He has trouble believing. And so he says, you know, I can't believe this. All right, so, so here, we, here we go. Verse 26, Jesus came, the doors being shut. <laughs> okay, again, he did the thing. All right, and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. 
Then he said to Thomas, verse 27, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Means it's still there. Now, why is it still there? Can I say that Jesus is going to be the only one with any scars on his body? Because all of us are going to get healed. People have said that. You know, if they lost limbs down here, they get them back when they go up there. Praise God. You go the other way, you don't get it back. Also interesting, isn't it? Amen. All right. Because up there, you're whole. The price has been paid for you to be totally restored. That's why we can have heaven on earth. That's why Jesus said, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't have to wait to get to heaven before it's done. Amen? So for us that know and and walk by faith, you know, I know it's a journey. I know we're not all there, and we're getting there. Yours truly included. Okay? But the thing is that we don't have to wait till we get there to have it. Hallelujah. We can have manifestations of this glory down here. I'm going to get a little amen on that one. Okay? I'll put it to you that way. Hallelujah. Let me continue reading. And it says, And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. You know, let me just say this about Thomas right now. At least he was there. Remember, they're all afraid. He didn't need to be there. He might have had trouble believing all of this stuff, but at least he turned up. Amen? And you got to give him points for that, man. And on top of that, you know, once he got past his unbelief, he received, he, he said, watch that again. He says, my Lord and my God. Do you know what that means? He has put his life down. And he, he followed through on that because he was martyred as well. Okay, I think, did he go to India or someplace? I think he's the one that took the word out that way. And he didn't have a great end. And please don't take that as an example of we're not going to have a great end either. That's why we're studying the epistle of John. Because he had a fantastic end. <laughs> okay? He decided where his end was going to be. And nobody else could. <laughs> Just like Jesus said. You know, he said, I lay my life down. I pick it up. Nobody can take it from me. I think the apostle John picked up on that. And thought, hang on a second. <laughs> okay? If he can do it. And we're God's children. Behold, now we are the children of God. Which means we can decide when we want to lay our life down and when we want to pick it up. Amen? Uh, Revelation still to get. Okay. And so anyway, this was, this was Thomas saying, that's it, I've committed back to you. Whatever doubts I had, they're gone. We need to see that right now. Amen? And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those. I, I couldn't leave all this out. This was just too good. We don't need it, but I'm, I'm sharing with you. <laughs> he says, because you have seen me, he says, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. That's your blessing. You have not seen and still believed. You are blessed for that. Amen? There's a blessing on you just for that. Verse 30, it says, And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. Which means, this is not the only thing he did. He did a lot of other stuff. I almost wish somebody wrote that down. More things happened. Now, we're going to see an incident in Luke in just a minute that will show us several things. But there was a lot of other... Jesus didn't kind of come once. You know, it was an apparition. And he disappeared eight days later. Whatever pizza they had that first day, it, it was digested by then. You know what I'm trying to say? Eight days later. 
So from this and other appearances recorded in the New Testament, we know that not only can Jesus travel from heaven to earth, but that a glorified body can translate and appear anywhere at any time as well. Added to this from what's brought out now in Luke chapter 24, let's go there, verses 13 through 31. This might be a very short message today. Anyway, <laughs> I don't want to get to 1 John 3.3 uh, 3 because that, that's a whole other thing. In verses um, 13 through 31, and then I'm going to be reading from verse 35 through 45. A lot of verses, okay? We also know that a glorified body has substance. It's not like a little mist. You can appear anywhere, but once you solidify, you solidify. You all with me? Okay. So it has substance. It can interact with people. It means you can give a hug. Have you seen those movies? And there's a ghost there, and they give a hug, and you go right through the person. That won't happen. Okay, you're there, you're there. And besides that, you know, it's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Have you seen that one? You know how when they were eating and all the food goes all the way down? Well, you can eat and you can hold your food. You know what I'm trying to say? It won't disappear and suddenly, uh, Jesus, <laughs> he left a little messier, man. <laughs> okay? Oh, I forgot I'm in my glorified body. It won't happen. Isn't it, inter <laughs> Isn't it interesting that you'll be able to eat food? I'm just telling you some things because, you know, you wonder what happens once you, hit, once you get your glorified body. Can you eat? What can you do with the thing? You know, somebody might say, well, I like eating. <laughs> you can still eat, except we won't put on any weight. Hallelujah. Some of us are rejoicing over that one. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Hey, amen. I'm just telling you, man. It won't get sick. I mean, it'll just, it'll, it's glorified. Do you understand? It will, be, it will be separate from all of the things, natural things, that happen to people. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So let's read here, Luke chapter 24, verse 13. He says, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which, has se uh, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. All right. It says, And they talked together. We don't know whether this is two men or a man and woman. Some believe it's a man and woman. Okay. All right. And they, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. That's the death and the burial, the resurrection of Jesus. Okay. So it verse 15, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So this is another appearance. Okay? This time he's, he's doing it sneakily. He didn't jump and go, ha, peace be with you. Okay? He just kind of joins them. All right? Are you, are you okay? All right. Uh, you can do this. Things you can do with a glorified body. All right. <laughs> okay? All right. And verse 16, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Interesting. As a glorified person, you have the choice of letting people know whether you're there or not. Whether they, they're going to recognize you or not. It's pretty good stuff, isn't it? You can, you'll be able to do that. You don't need to check these. They have no droids, no. <laughs> you know, you do the whole Jedi mind thing on people, you know? And you can decide what they want to see and what they don't want to see. I'm just saying, this is awesome stuff. Amen? All right. Please, there is a, I'll get to the end here. There is a reason for all of this. I'm, I'm sharing this with you because when we get to verse 3, let's go to verse 3. I told you I wouldn't go there, but let me just go there for just a minute. He said, <laughs> this is why. He says, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. Do you understand what the purpose of all of this is? It's so that you can live a pure, righteous life. And you know why you're doing it. Amen? 
This isn't just glory balls. This is so you know what's coming. And this is, this is the Apostle John saying, so can we behave like that now, please? Amen? So let's continue. Okay, I well, didn't want to give that to you, but maybe you need that right now. All right, I told you this all has purpose. Amen? Let's continue. So it says again, verse 16, he says, by their, But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. Verse 17, And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? Verse 18, Then one, uh, one whose name was Cleopas uh, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? Have you not known the things which happened here in these days? He said, What is wrong with you? Where have you been? Okay. <laughs> That's the black man version. Okay, verse, <laughs> just give me it to you. Okay, verse 19. <laughs> Look at Jesus. I, he knows he was there, okay? And he goes to them, what things? <laughs> Isn't it funny? So you can have fun with people? Amen. You don't lose your sense of humor in a glorified body. Okay. And he said, he said what things? <laughs> I'm sure they looked at each other. Where is this guy from? He didn't have his weedies today. So they said to him, "The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, this is who he is, who was a who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people." I love that. Now they didn't say he was Messiah, but he said they said he was a mighty prophet. Amen. He said mighty in word and deed, and notice before God and all the people. So they understood that everything that he did pleased God. As much as he was a help to people, it was in line with God's will. Amen? Would that be said about churches today? Verse 20, Luke 24, 20. And how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucified him. Wow. Can you see what's going on here? They're saying the people that we trusted handed him over to be crucified. Which means that he said, we don't trust him anymore. Get this now. Verse 21. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. So third day. Okay, now we know when this is. Verse 22. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, verse 23, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. So they've got a story back. They're not without information here, okay? And certain of those uh, who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. I mean, verse 24. But him, they did not see. So they said, yep, it was just like the women said. There was nobody there. Okay, the, the stone had been rolled away and so on and so forth. All right. Verse 25. Then he said to them, oh, foolish ones. And, and slow of heart to believe. Isn't it interesting? Do you understand why he's saying this? Because they were sad. Remember the beginning? They were sad. Even after they had received all this information, that he was no longer dead. So the big question is, why are you sad? Do you not believe what they said? It's really sad, isn't it, when you, you give somebody good news and they refuse to believe it. Because it's just too good. <laughs> okay? I don't believe in that stuff. It doesn't matter. It still happened. Amen? Okay. All right. And he says again, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Verse 26. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? 
He's, so he's bringing something out. He's saying, listen, this stuff you, was not only told to you by these women, but it was prophesied before as well. They weren't telling you anything different to what was prophesied. Amen. And notice he's saying that, the, that Jesus Christ had to suffer. He's saying, listen, I know you guys wanted this thing just to come around a different way. See, they were looking for Jesus Christ as a conquering king. That would come like David, you know what I mean? He came down, he conquered anybody, and he got to make the rules. And he was like, yeah, we're all that, you know, <laughs> okay? Because what do you do when you get conquered? You got to listen to the people that conquered you. Otherwise, they kill you, okay? So you just go, yes, sir, no, sir. And they just wanted that back. See, they wanted a natural nation back. What Jesus came to do was set up the kingdom of God. Amen? It was a supernatural nation that he was setting up hallelujah amen all right moving on verse 27 and beginning at moses he started in genesis do you know moses wrote the first five books right okay that's moses all right beginning at moses and all the prophets he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself that would have been an interesting lesson i mean can you believe he would have started right at the beginning and said remember in genesis three fifteen, when the promise was made that there would be one coming of a woman that would crush the head of the serpent but it would bruise his heel do you remember that right from then and then all the things that happened he just would have gone through all the appearances through the old testament all the times when he would appear. The children that were thrown into the fire. And look, there was one like the Son of Man in there. It was him. You know, as Jesse Duplantis calls it, Meshach, Yoshek, and the bungalow, you know? Okay, Meshach. <laughs> you, you know who I'm talking about, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, those three guys that were in there. So he's expounded to them all the things concerning himself. Verse 28. Then they drew near to the village where they were going. So we don't know how long this was. All right. And he indicated that he would have gone far, farther, uh, verse 29, but they constrained him. Saying, he, was, he kind of joined them, traveled with them, and he was going to go back out. Are you all with me? And they said, no, no, not after that lesson. You're going to come with us. Okay? <laughs> Basically is what they're saying. All right? And so it says, but they constrained him, verse 29, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. It's getting dark. Okay? And, and he went in to stay with them. Verse 30. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. And verse 31, then their eyes were opened, and they knew him. They knew him. They realized who it was. Verse 31, it says their eyes were open and they knew him. And watch this, he vanished from their sight. That's what you can do. You come, you talk, you disappear. No email, no. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go to verse 35. All right. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. I, I want to go on to this because there's something else here. In the first part, he teaches them, which means you have all your faculties and more. Okay. You're able to talk to people. You're able to decide what they can and can't see. And also, you can also decide when you want them to realize something, they can realize it. 
Interesting, isn't it? But he didn't hold back in teaching them. That was something for them to understand. That was not something he held back from them. That was something he shared with them. But it was interesting that he would share information with them that, they, that would reveal certain things about him without revealing himself. He literally talked about himself and they didn't know it was him. That's incredible. Think about some of these things, okay? All right, so let's move on to verse 35 because something else happens here because at this point, he breaks bread, disappears. We still don't know if he can eat. So let's go on, okay? <laughs> then the two from Emmaus told their story. I mean, Luke 24, 35, told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. I mean, I'm reading from the New Living Translation, by the way. It's just... For the sake of clarity. Verse 36. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them, and he said, peace be, th- peace be with you. So he does the thing again. Suddenly he's a, he, they're talking about him, and he turns up. Can I say this? When you talk about him, he'll turn up. Amen. Amen. Whenever two or three are gathered in his name. Amen. And you know when you're by yourself, you're praying. All right. <laughs> okay. You know he's there, right? Amen. All right. Verse 37, but the whole group was terribly frightened, thinking that they were seeing a ghost. Of course they would. He appears, he disappears. I mean, you know, it can throw you out a little bit. Can I get a little amen here? All right. And it says in verse 38, again, he says, why are you frightened? Why do you doubt who I am? Isn't it interesting? Listen. Faith and fear can't operate together. Do you know fear clouds things? Fear stops you from seeing? Listen to me. If you are dealing with situations in your life and you can't see through, it's probably because there's some fear there. Because faith has... Remember, faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. Hope is your eyeballs. I know that's really bad English. But, okay... If you, you know, hope helps you to see and gives your faith direction. Are you all here? Okay. So, you know, when you're in fear, there's no hope there. See, that's one of the reasons why you need to have hope first. That's the first light that shines on the inside of you. And that light then becomes solidified through your faith. Amen. Do you, in, a, in, a, in a funny way, somebody's hope You know, they envisioned this pulpit. That was a hope. This is the substance. This is kind of the faith of what they hoped for. Are you all with me? Okay. So let's get back. Okay, seven minutes. We'll finish. That's okay. So he said here, why are you frightened? Why do you doubt who I am? Verse 39, he says, look at my hands, look at my feet. It's really interesting he says that. Because people say, well, you know, he didn't actually die. You know, he just, it, it, was, it wasn't as bad. His wounds were not bad as, as what we thought they were. He says, look at my hands and look at my feet. Now, can I say something to you right now? You have an appearance of Jesus Christ in your life. And he comes and says, the word of God is not true. Check his hands and his feet. Go, uh, excuse me? Let me have you look at your hands and feet. Oh, no, I don't want to show that. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me see. Because Satan can come as an angel of light. Don't believe stuff. Just people say that it's sad how people have had a vision and it's changed their whole life and everybody knows now it's going the wrong direction. 
But they're all convinced because they had a vision. That's all that they need. Hey, the devil can turn up too. So I think it's really important that Jesus identified himself. Do you understand why he did that? He turned up and he said, look at my hands, look at my feet. Watch what he says. You can see that it's really me. Did you get that? I need you to get a revelation on that because you need to know it's really him. Before it goes any further. All right. And he says, touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies as you see that I do. Isn't this beautiful? That you can behave. You can have the ability that a ghost has, but when you solidify, you are solid. Somebody can touch you and you can touch them. Amen? All right. Verse 40. As he spoke, he held out his hands for them to see and he showed them his feet. Verse 41. Still, they stood there doubting, filled with joy and wonder. They're still going, I can't believe what I'm seeing and hearing. Okay, <laughs> basically, all right? Then he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? I told you we need to look at this for this reason, all right? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, verse 43, and he ate it as they watched. I'm sure they were going, he died, he resurrected. And he's eating. Uh, he's eating. I didn't know he could eat. This is the first time I've seen a ghost eat. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, he's dead, man. I mean, he has come back from the dead. And he wasn't dead for a minute. He was dead for three days. You know, it's a time when things start to smell a bit. Just saying. You know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Amen. And up, he's up and around and he's eating. All right. This is incredible. All right. Verse 44, then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me by Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must all come true. Then he opened their minds to, their, to understand these many scriptures. So obviously something happened after that as well. He ate, he preached, <laughs> okay? He gave them a good message. They received it, they understood it. Hallelujah. And then he was gone again. So that just gives you, okay, that's fine. So that, that just gives you just a little bit of an idea of what a glorified body can do. Now do you understand? With all of that in mind, the Apostle John says, Beloved, now, now, now we are children of God. Then he says, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. Are you getting this now? He says, you, you have no idea what we're headed for. You have no idea what's waiting for you. And he says here, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. We shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And then he says in verse 3, and we'll pick this up next week. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself. He's saying, listen. Understand what's waiting for you. No matter what kind of struggle you're going through down here. No matter how much grief your body might be giving you. And you know how good or bad you might be. Listen, there is a time coming when you'll be like this. When you see him, you'll be like him. You'll be able to do everything that he does, did, and still does today. Amen. He's still, he's still doing stuff, by the way. People are still seeing him today. Amen. I don't need to. I know he's there. Because there's a blessing for not seeing and believing. Amen. Okay. 
All right? But you need to understand, all of this is telling us that there is a reason for us to strive for better, to push for better. Amen? To live a better life, a life that is pleasing unto God. Because there is coming a time when we are going to be spirit, soul, and body perfect. Amen? Hallelujah. All right. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll pick up in verse 3 next week.